Welcome to the Recovering Perfectionist Podcast, where I empower you to develop sustainable habits, challenge society, and take messy action. I'm Christine, life balance coach and world champion ballroom dancer, and I believe that everyone has the power to create their very own life by design. The Recovering Perfectionist podcast was created with a mission to encourage a life of abundance by finding peace and acceptance in our own imperfections and developing healthy self-love through sustainable habits and manifestation. It's time to align with the universe for the full human experience and redefine what it really means to be successful. Uh It's too good, the secret is out and wow, Uh uh-huh. Welcome back to another episode of the Recovering Perfectionist podcast. I am so excited to have one of my best friends on today. Her name is Miss Dominique Washington. She is all the things, ladies and gentlemen. She is, she's had like nine lives in the short life that she's already had. She's been, she's a sports journalist, fashion buyer, entrepreneur, and most recently she was my maid of honor at my wedding. So we close, we close. (laughs) And I I just felt like at this point, when we have so every conversation that we have on the phone, um, because we don't live in the same state anymore, um, always ends up being like 45 minutes to an hour. And we talk about all the things. It's one of those relationships where we just talk about life and you know, we get deep and we call each other out on our shit and we do all the things. And I was like, we need to be sharing some of this with the world and my podcast audience and all of that, because this is just real juicy, good growth conversation. So thank you for being here. (laughs) Thank you. And no, thank you for having me. This is such an honor to be on your podcast. Um, I'm hearing so much about it and everybody's raving about it. So for me to be on there, I'm so excited. Thank you. Yeah, no, totally. Um, It's been, uh, I just recorded an episode for someone else's podcast last night and he was on mine before and we were discussing all the things about um, self-care, not being selfish and all that stuff. And that's a lot of things that we talk about specifically on my podcast. And you're right. I mean, it's been getting some really good hits on those specific topics. So I'm really excited to dig deep into kind of what you and I talk about, which honestly, what we discuss is really all over the map. There's not really like one, we kind of hit all walks of life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And a disclaimer, folks, we are truly best friends in real life. So if we get a little bit too deep for you, please understand, we're going to keep it very organic and raw. Um, And I think that just makes for a fabulous show. So I hope everybody enjoys. Yes. Totally, totally agree. So um, let's start just kind of like, I would love for you to tell a little bit about how we met, how we came into each other's lives. And uh, we were both living in Las Vegas and just kind of, kind of go from there, like what we were doing and how we connected on such a deep level. Well, when the angels aligned. So (laughs) I met Christine uh, through a mutual neighbor of mine, she was having a little foray um, and invited me and Christine was also invited and she placed us at the same table because we had similar backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And um, literally on that evening, Christine and I just kind of chit chatted for a few seconds, but there was so much going on that we didn't really catch up too much. Christine being Christine gets my number like, yeah, we'll, we'll connect later. And yeah. um and that was that evening. And then uh, we I were both in, message. we were both in some kind mm-hmm. of like PR journalism at the time. That was kind of our, right. both, we both were doing something in that field. And I thought, you know, I was, we were both deep into networking at that time and just trying to reach out. And so I think it made sense that we were connecting. Um, exactly. In that exactly. Mm-hmm. So a few days later, I received a text message and it's like, Hey, let's just meet at this restaurant, go sit at the bar, just kind of catch up or meet up and see, you know, if just network, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we get there and Christine and I are chatting and we're just talking about, you know, our, our careers and where we've been and what we've done. And then we just took a turn for the left. And I <laughs> want to say there was, a, we just took a deep dive to the left and 
I want to say that there was a show that you and I um, were very familiar with, Ooh. and I was what what was the show called? Um, it was Miss Gabrielle mm-hmm. Union's show. Oh, me being Mary Jane, <laughs> and that is how we became besties, and that is yeah. how I am sitting here with you. So the night turned in from forty-five minutes all the way to the restaurant closing three or four hours in. And right, because we were really days. supposed to just meet for like a quick like hour lunch, no big deal. And like four hours later, we don't see the time go by and we're still chatting, talking about the secret and law of attraction and all the things that we're trying to do in our careers and finding our soulmates. I mean, we've covered all the topics and yeah, we didn't realize like, oh my gosh, how much we had in common. Right, we had so much good common and when great minds um, come together and think alike, just the time just ends. Like you guys are just immersed. And it was very, it was very comforting to actually meet somebody, a reflection of yourself, someone mm-hmm. that also was going through some of the uh, struggles and the hardships that we were going through because we were, we were maneuvering out of our career and going into entrepreneurship. So right. <laughs> yeah. Um, to hear both of our stories kind of echoing and going along along the same line, um, that was refreshing too. And I think that's what made us go deeper as well. Totally. Yeah. Um, you were, you're born and raised in Las Vegas. Limited edition. Limited cool. edition. I love that. Every time I meet mm-hmm. someone that's born and raised, <laughs> I, I always use that limited edition. And yep. I had been in Vegas for probably four or five years when I met you. Uh, I spent a total of seven or eight years there. Um, you were there the night. You were the only one there the night that I met my husband. Yeah. Which I was know. a great yeah, speech really. as your maid of honor speech. Yeah. You love it. <laughs> it was amazing. It was so good. It was so good. Uh, we all went, for those who don't know the story, you know, quick recap. I met my husband at a uh, salsa club that I frequented a lot and told Dominique that one night randomly come with me we'll have a good time you know uh we can dance a little bit it'll be good and yeah she was we were literally about to leave and that's when I saw him and was like hang on let me just dance with this one guy I think I know him blah blah, blah. And so little did I know that was the end of that um but yeah it was very very special to have you be such a huge part of major milestones in my life and for you the last couple of years in your life have been growth mania like holy crap like you have moved states you have been in and out of a very intense relationship you have you know changed your whole diet has changed the way your body looks like your mindset your everything you want to talk a little mm -hmm. bit about um just kind of like maybe where you were at and like what led to the you know, um, intentional person that you are today? Right. Um, sure. So I've always been very goal-minded and goal-oriented. Like that's been my complete, that's who I am. That's myself. And um, I found myself at a crossroad because those goals that I had on my list for so long, I was just checking them right on off, like at a very young age. So being coming a producer, check. Um, working in the fashion world, check. Uh, living in a penthouse on the Las Vegas Strip, check. You know, d- you know, doing all of those different things. Mm-hmm. And then I came to a moment where I was saying, hmm, kind of checked everything off. What's next? And were those things necessarily my purpose? What is my purpose in life? Because me working for others and doing things for others is not necessarily getting who Dominique Washington is out, who Dominique Washington is. Um, So I had to really sit down and reflect on that for at least a year or two. Um, It wasn't anything that kind of just came overnight or just, aha, you know, Mm. I'm watching TV and then it just kind of sparks, like, here I am. I had to go deep within myself. I had to get mental clarity, spiritual clarity, and physical clarity, because as we all know, if you don't like what you see on the outside, which I've always loved myself, that wasn't the uh, that wasn't the case on why I lost my weight. 
I just want to push myself to to the ultimate goals that yeah. I have. Be the best um, version of yourself. Be the best version of myself. And um, once I did all of that, things just started to kind of spark. So yes, I was looking for my purpose, but I had to clear out some other, I had to clean out house. I had to get some other things situated, such as, you know, as you mentioned, I was in a relationship that uh, we were just not on the same page on the things that we wanted to do in life. And I had to say, okay, do I stay knowing that we might not never get on the same page and do another two or four years? Or do I just, I trust in God and I say, okay, there's someone else for me that's going to be on the exact same path that I am. We're going to be very in tune. And that's going to push me into my purpose even further. Um, Those were big choices that I had to make all at once. Um, So the woman that you see sitting here right now today or that you hear speaking through your speakers today has grown and it's taken years to get here, not months, years. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. And I think, you know, I tell everybody that this is work that everybody has to go through. It just depends on what part of your life you end up choosing to do so. Um, Mm -hmm. because you can't go around this kind of work. It's, you will hit a place within yourself that will either feel like you said, unfulfilled, feeling like the purpose is not there anymore. Um, feeling like, you know, maybe you've been through some trauma or you're getting in and out of a relationship. You're trying to recover from that. Um, and you're trying to figure out where is your next step. And this work is crucial, absolutely crucial. It's needed. It, you can't skip this process at all. You right. might think that you can make a mental block that you can skip the process, or you might think that you're fully whole, but there is something that's missing. Maybe it's back in childhood days. Maybe it's something that happened when you were working in your career trying to figure out, and maybe it's something at this very moment mm-hmm. that. Uh, maybe giving you that mental blockage. You have to work through it. You can't just go over it. You have to dig into it and see what's really, you know, the deep diving points of it. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. And what I love most about our relationship that I don't get in a lot of other relationships I've either had in the past or even, you know, I have a small circle as it is right now. Um, and I know you do too, but um Specifically, I think I like that we call each other out, but in a very respectful way. And I think when we say that, some people just think it's very like, you know, like playful and maybe aggressive, but like we get it, you know, like we just kind of like joke with each other and and that kind of thing. And I have that relationship with actually some of my guy friends, but with you and I, it's so different because we are there to help each other move forward. And we just care so much about each other that it's more just like, how can I help you figure this out um, so that you can continue to take steps forward? And sometimes that means telling you that you're the one that's in the, you know, if it's between you and another person, that maybe you're the one that's holding back or you're the one or whatever. And you've done the same thing for me. You know, like I'm, I'm usually the workaholic. So it's like, Christine, are you taking time for yourself? Are you, (laughs) are are you actually getting rest? Are you spending time with your husband? Are you doing all these things? Mm -hmm. And you know, like you hold me accountable, you know? And And, so, and and that's why it's so important to have your tribe, no matter how big or small I, I prefer, I think we prefer smaller tribes. Yeah. Um, because you really get to know a person's soul and spirit and get in tune with them. Um, it is very important to have that tribe to hold you accountable. That's not just going to um, only give you praises. They're also going to tell you when your, your stuff kind of stinks. Like, yeah. hey, it's you this time. Um, right. And we need that, especially with the growth of where um, we as women, women want to be at. Um, we need that right now in each other's life. So. You know, when we are sitting on our pedestals and we will get there, we have someone that's also like, hey, I remember when this was going on and you didn't too much care for it. So let's bring it back. Make sure that you're 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 making traction in the way that you want to go um, versus what somebody else is looking for. And I think that's a great thing that we have um, in our little tribe here. 
Totally. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, yeah, we keep it small because you get to know each other on a deeper level um, because it's less maintenance with all the people. And I think I encourage people all the time to, you know, really have your inner circle and your inner circle should not be double digits. It should be very much less than 10 people, uh, sometimes five or six people to really like someone that you these people that you bounce ideas off of, that they're your go-tos. They're the ones that when you are quiet on social media, they're the ones that know what's going on with you because they're there to help you through it um, or give you feedback. And it's going to be, it's going to be feedback from their best interest, not your personal gain or to make you feel better. And I think that, that is something that is very rare that we have as well, because although we're being very respectful when we call each other out on certain things, it's more, um, there's no personal gain. It's not making, like, I'm not doing it to make myself feel better. Like, oh, I have my shit together right now and you don't. Like, that's not mm -hmm, at all mm -hmm, how it comes mm -hmm, off. Mm -hmm. It's more, we tell each other how, um, how to maybe get through the process a little bit faster because sometimes we just got those rose colored glasses on and we can't see outside of ourselves. And we need, you know, someone who knows us, who cares to, you know, give some feedback, um, but not have their own personal agenda on the table, you know? And that's a very that's rare true. relationship, I think. That's true. So often people think that they need a massive amount of people in their life and you don't want all of those opinions coming no. towards you because you're not going to be able to know how to dissect what's correct and what's wrong oh, totally. <laughs> you know because you want to be Mr. or Mrs. Popular it doesn't work like that you, you right. don't need that so you're absolutely right take off the rose port glasses and get to business yeah absolutely absolutely so yeah so um, we've, we've shifted a lot. I will say, you know, those two hungry women that we were when we first met, we've been talking a lot about this recently, um, about mm -hmm. the uh, society conditioning of our generation to hustle and go and, you know, kind of that Gary V mentality, like work, 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 and you'll get your success. And we love that grind. We thrive on that a lot. You've, you've had multiple high positions um, in, in different, you know, um, industries, uh, especially, and I'm going to say it as a black woman, because we've talked on my other podcast where we get a little bit deeper about stereotypes and racism, things like that. And you were amazing to be able to do an episode where we really got deep into race and, and discussed some of the things that, uh, that you faced in the workforce as a strong black woman. Uh, and I'll link that in the show notes if people want to check out that episode with Dominique because it's it's a whole nother energy, but it is powerful. Um, but you know, we were we're gonna find our kings, we're queens, all this stuff, and we were really you know living that that dream. And I think um, we've come to a place now. I would say you know happily in our thirties, and say that we are just a lot calmer and a lot more grounded and present than always living for the hustle and grind and who can we network with and where's our, you know, being the powerful, you know, sometimes it's nice to just pull back a little bit and just let the universe make some decisions. How, how can you mm -hmm. talk a little bit on that? Ah, folks, we come to the meat and potatoes of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, we had some learning to do. Um, I'm actually thankful that God didn't present me with what I prayed for all of my life. Oh, hang on, say that for people in the back. You're happy. Okay, I am happy that God did not present to me what I wanted when I was praying for it. Mm. I'm happy that he showed me that what I want is going to take time, but the lessons that you're learning now are going to get you through the days of when you are there and your growth on how you're going to be able to sustain what I give you. Mm. So I am very blessed I did not get it at that time. Um, the, the thing that comes to mind when you say that we were just rushing to the finish line is the tortoise and the hare. 
we were totally the hairs like we got to get there before mm-hmm. we turn 30 we we have to right. run and get to this line we have to be 30 under 30 you know right. Uh, right. before right. anything else we got to get there we got to touch these different milestones before anybody has them and that is not the way to do it because we were running and we were exhausted we were out of breath we did not know how to run. We knew nothing. We just started. We were babies at the yeah. start of the uh, of the line, and That's we just it. got up and started running without having any practice. That's it. We were However, wearing high heels. We were <laughs> high heels, stumbling, rolling. <laughs> you name it. We had leather pants on because we yeah. had to look fashionable the whole nine yards. You name it. As for the tortoise, is sitting there watching us. Yeah, right like, who are these crazy you girls? Know, <laughs> who are these crazy girls up here leaping and jumping and bounding? Okay, well, I see they've thrown off the leather shirt, so it's too hot. Let me make sure I take mine off slowly. So by yeah. the time I get to that point, I'm not over um, exerted with heat. Okay, yeah. they were running in hills for some odd reason. I'm walking in my hills, so maybe it's time for me to take my hills off. And I know this is a really raw analogy of what Mm -hmm. I'm speaking of but in my mind it's making sense because this is how I played this out to get to where I'm at right now so that you guys can hear the glow in my voice now so sometimes you don't need to be the hair sometimes just be the tortoise that mythology well and I think that's the thing is that like again it's society's conditioning and programming that tells us that you know we've got Kylie Jenner at 20 something billionaire, you know, Mm -hmm. our generation was just pushing, pushing, pushing. And a lot of it, like you said, we were jumping and leaping and doing all this stuff. I come from, you know, uh, entertainment and performance. I felt like it was just constantly a performance. Like we always Mm -hmm. had to be on, we always had to be networking. We always had to have business cards. We always had to just be, you know, that person everybody wanted to be attracted to. And that mm-hmm. type of performance is exhausting. You can't be performing 24 seven because you lose your authenticity. You, you know, you lose, um, you know, being present in the moment because you're always thinking two steps ahead of everybody else. Um, mm-hmm. And we, and mm-hmm. we got really good at it. I want to say we got real good at it. Of just showing up, showing out, dressing up, looking the part, acting yeah. the part. And it almost became our identity in a sense. It was us. Mm-hmm, That's who mm-hmm, we were. Mm-hmm. And I think that for you and I specifically, because we have a lot of that same, you know, masculine energy that we project in our careers, um, we were missing a lot of that feminine energy that allowed mm-hmm, us to be mm-hmm. more grounded and nurturing to ourselves and, um, creating space for other things to come in we never created space for anything we controlled every aspect of our life and Mm -hmm. constantly you know we're like if we don't do it it's not going to happen and we're going to be ahead of everybody else and what you know but the universe needs a chance to play in the game and we never gave the universe really a chance to to make choices for us or give us options because we were already on to the next thing yeah, we were definitely changing our genetics, our DNA of who we are as women. We're nurturers, we're loving, right. um, we're softer. You know, if you yeah. were able to get to know Christine and I on a personal level, you would see all of these qualities about us. However, if you got to meet us in a networking level, you would see a totally right. different, you know, a different character at a networking level. As she stated, we were the performers. Yeah. We had on, if, if it we was were tigers, <laughs> it was five stars across the board for us because we nailed that. Um, but, but we also we had, had like armor go. on, I feel like to mm-hmm. be able to accept rejection, you know, to accept mm-hmm. stereotypes of being women mm-hmm. trying to persevere for you specifically, black women trying to persevere, you know, all these mm-hmm. things that like, mm-hmm. we weren't going to let any of those um, uh, limitations uh, affect our possibility, you know, to soar and to succeed. And I think that that is what took away some of our feminine emotion, because you can't get upset if you, if something, you know, doesn't go your way, you have to just onto the next, you know, thank you next kind of thing. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You had to, there's no tears in business. So you had no. to just kind of buckle up and change your emotions and say, okay, let me try this next route. If this didn't work, I have to figure out right. the next route. And that got tiring and I was over it. I think I was the first one. We were doing a lot of networking events and I was the first one that says, I don't want to be on this hamster wheel. And oh, yeah. I want to be off of this hamster wheel. I said, and I don't want to be the one who has the most in the room <laughs> to offer. I said, I want to walk through doors where I'm like, oh, there's so-and-so, oh, there's so-and-so. And I had to jump off that hamster wheel. And I, 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 I know like probably seven, eight months later, you were like, I'm not doing any more networking events. Mm-hmm. And I probably won't do them ever again <laughs> mm-hmm. after, because you were going like two, three years straight of just every Wednesday and Thursday going to a networking event and it wasn't doing anything to benefit you. Can we talk about that? I mean, it honestly, what it did is it built a certain level of business character that I needed. You know, we talk about people who go to school and have business degrees and public speaking and communications and all these degrees that they come up with. And I don't, I'm I'm not knocking university, you know, do what you need to do. But at the same time, there are so many real life experiences that if you put yourself out there, you will learn how to be a good public speaker, how to stand up for yourself, how to dress right, how to show up. And these are skills that you and I um, perfected over many, many years of showing up, the consistency. And I think that's the lesson here. It's not what we got out of it or what we didn't get out of it or how we felt the outcome was if we would have done things differently. Like we're not regretful people. We don't regret what we did, but it's the consistency that we realized that then when we started shifting our mindset to prioritizing wellness, self-care, mindset, uh, actually making decisions, you know, that led to the goals we were wanting instead of thinking that a relationship or a city might be fulfilling us um, when we started being consistent with those things, we started seeing shifts in the other direction, which I think mm-hmm. is where you're mm-hmm. at right now. Um, because you were highly contemplating for many years, moving out of Las Vegas, cause it, you were born and raised there and you were mm-hmm. on the fence about where and how and when, and all the things. And it took a relationship actually to get you out of Las Vegas, but then rerouted you to where you ended up wanting to be in the first place. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. That is very true. And um, again, I, I, this for a lot of people is kind of a triggering word for me because I just hear it every single day, self-care. <laughs> and it's just something where I'm like, oh, is everybody talking about self-care? Like, goodness gracious, like self-care looks like something different from this person to this person yes. to this person. Um, and that's where I think a lot of our influencers and things of that nature, they're missing the beat on exactly what self-care can do for you. So my self-care, as you mentioned, I always was on the fence about moving out of my hometown, which if you guys have never done it, please do. You'll learn and you'll grow within yourself so much more than you would in your town. (laughs) This is my personal advice. I mean, you'll grow some strength that nobody can take from you. But that was a part of my self-care was not always being on the fence of something, not being wishy-washy when the times are like, oh, you know, you hear this, that, and the other, moving out of state, like, not a lot of people do that. You're one of the chosen few. How dare you think you can, you know, jump in Excel to do this? I had to get off of that fence and just do. And that was self-care for me because it brought, it heightened my spirit and it brought more of a glow within me because you want that glow from the inner to grow on the outside. So, totally. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's very scary to make a change like that um, when you don't have family around and, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it is you're trying to do. um, You know, some people try to even do it internationally, you know, and that's even scarier. Do I know the language? Do I not? Whatever. Um, And so I think it's really important to push yourself. You know, what do they say that, you know, um, 
the most amazing things lie on the other side of your comfort zone. And we're right. taught, we're taught to kind of stick within taking, um, you know, oh, well, you know, society or family, if they're scared, they're going to look at you and they're going to give you all the reasons why you shouldn't do it. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you are going to, you know, have to be strong and counter that with, you know, it's going to give me so much more. So what if I'm living on a budget for a year to get my feet, you know, my sea legs? Um, so what if I mm-hmm. am, you know, a little bit uncomfortable and not, you know, having to learn a new space and a new and build a new community? Some people say, don't, you know, moving is hard. You have to build a whole new community. And I'm thinking that's the exciting part. Like that's so cool to get out there and meet new people, especially if you, uh, you know, have hobbies, there's so many meetups in all different cities that you can participate in and meet new people. I always go straight to the dance community, wherever the salsa clubs are, that's where my people are. Um, Mm -hmm. But, but there's so many different activities and things that you can do in different cities that allow you to meet people faster these days, thanks to technology and social media. So moving back in the day, I think was a lot more traumatic than it is now. It's not as scary anymore. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. um, and you're right. I think, you know, I had already moved internationally when I was two years old from France to the United States. And then I grew up in Kansas city and moved to California and then moved to Las Vegas. So I had bounced around a lot and I encouraged you as much as I didn't want to lose you in Las Vegas. I said, listen, if you've never lived anywhere else, you need to you need to get out. And you did, you did a little, uh, college years. I studied studied abroad. So I did get out for about four or five months, um, the semester abroad. So I did do that. So which is huge. That's encouraged. Yeah. I just jumped backwards and went and lived in a whole different country. Oh, well, (laughs) yeah, I'll get that. Then when it came to being in the United States, it was more of, I knew I was coming back from abroad, you know, Right. <laughs> when it came to the United States, I had to figure out like, okay, um, is this what I want to do? I'm kind of far from family before I knew I was coming back. Now I'm just kind of like, eh, you know, totally. So, so just mm-hmm. so we're, so everyone knows you're currently based in Houston, Texas. Yeah. 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 So I'm currently, yeah. Which I'm is here, exciting. Um, that's very exciting. That's very exciting. Like I'm excited about it. It's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, and just be kind of, uh, kind of, what am I saying? A dual state citizen, have a home here, have a home there. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's fun. That's exciting. Yeah, no, it's very, very cool. Um, let's, let's, uh, switch gears for a second as we kind of wind down. I want to discuss since this is the recovering perfectionist and we, uh, we come from a lot of, uh, doing things at a very high level, you know, with the things that you did and, and sports journalism and fashion and all of that stuff. And, and like I said, you know, with, um, with all the, uh, uh, different things you had to face as a woman, as a black woman, all of this stuff, you really had to put on the perfectionist hat and be better than everyone else in order to show people that, you know, you weren't already, cause every, you, you used to tell me every time you would walk into a room, you already were three steps behind everyone before you even opened your mouth. And mm-hmm. that's, that's really hard, um, to even comprehend. It, it makes my heart hurt because, uh, you know, it's the same thing. My husband is, you know, Haitian and, you know, and same thing, his first language is not English and, but he has so much skill and so much to offer. And when people get to know him, they're like, oh my gosh, I just want to do everything with you. And that's the same thing with you. So how, um, did you balance showing up as your authentic self, but still feeling like, you know, you were able to do what you needed to do and not I mean, were you putting on this perfectionist vibe in order to feel like you could catch up to everybody else or kind of, can you talk, speak on that a little? Not necessarily catch up. I was actually fast forward over everybody else, not necessarily catch up to their skills. I was way ahead of my time. Yeah, no, so not the skills, the skills for sure. But Mm -hmm. how do you, Mm -hmm. I guess the thing is, is that how did you, being a woman, being a black woman, walking into some of these, you know, high performance uh, industries, how did you feel? Did you feel like you really couldn't make a mistake? Yes, 
I could not make one mistake um, <laughs> or else I was going to be hounded on. There was a lot. That's actually such a good question. Like, I can't even. <sighs> that That's something that I'm still kind of taking off layers off of to this day. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I don't want to say how traumatizing. That's not necessarily the word that I have for it because it was such a blessing that I was in the field that I was in. But I also knew how the baton is not often passed to us. I also knew that I had to be a representation for people that don't necessarily hang out with someone of my skin tone. Um, I also knew that the doors that I walk into, my skin tone is what's going to be leading me versus my skill set or my fashion or anything of that nature. It was always my skin tone that led me when I walked through doors. So to kind of digest those bad tastes in my mouth on a daily consistency was, it was, it was hard. And I didn't have anybody to go and talk to. Um, Mm. Again, being one of the probably, there's probably 3%, 3% of, of a black audience in the fashion world, like on the high fashion couture level that I was doing. Um, So you really don't have anybody that you can kind of unpack to. You just kind of have to carry it internally because nobody will understand what you're going through on a daily basis and how you are. You do feel like you're in a circus act to where you do have to perform and you cannot be your original self. You cannot talk in your original nature or your original state. You cannot dress how you would want to dress. Like So um, I am wearing hoop earrings right now, the size of Timbuktu. I would never right. wear hoop earrings at work. I would have on a pearl or a stud or a very dainty piece of jewelry, even though hoop earrings are in, even though my counterpart, she can wear hoop earrings all day. Mm. <laughs> And be called, say, say, and, and it be said fashionable for her. But I would wear hoop earrings and it would be kind of like, that's kind of ill taste. That's not uh, fashionable in the fashion world. And nobody would necessarily say that. You just you start to feel see, it. you know, you can feel it, you know, um, yeah. and you can't address it. That's the funny thing about it. You can't, mm. you, they're, 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 everything is kind of passive aggressive. Right. You can't even address like, okay, so where does the hoop earring actually come from? And then if you do address it and you have the facts like, oh, Sydney Evans makes hoop earrings, which is a white jewelry designer. And you guys don't say anything. Actually, you're carrying hoop earrings in our stores right now. So since they're not a Sydney Evans pair, is this the reason why right. I'm getting kind of a little bit of backlash? Those are the things that you would never think would be going on in corporate world is happening. Something such as so small as a pair of food earrings. Yeah, well, and I think those things are being more discussed openly uh, in today's world, just because we're trying to create more equal opportunities for women, for black women, for African-American men, for all, all, you know, Asians, you know, Latinos, all of it, all over the map. And so I think um, how, when you started now, you are an entrepreneur working for yourself. How have you taken what you learned in those high performance corporate situations and allowed yourself not to feel that you are constantly holding yourself to a, 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 an unattainable level of quote unquote perfectionism and allowing yourself to be, because that was the hardest part for me is I felt like, oh, if I'm going to start my own business, everything has to be perfect. Every, I got to prove myself. How did you kind of like um, balance your mental side of that to say, you know, it's okay if I make a mistake, it's okay, you know, because you were, you were now working for yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm still actually working on calling myself an entrepreneur. Um, I'm still working on actually jumping in there and like saying, oh, entrepreneur, because I'm still, I'm still studying up on it and exactly what I want to go into in the field. Um, however, how I carry myself now, I, I, I can't give you an appropriate answer for that because I feel like I'm still, I'm still a robot in the corporate world. But if I go to a meeting, I'm still going to dress up 
like I how I knew they would want me to dress up in the corporate world. If I go on an interview for a job, um, I'm still not going to wear my gold hoop earrings. Gotcha. It's to this day, no matter about everything that's going on in this world, I still know that when you look at me, you're going to just look at me from head to toe versus what you hear speak out of my mouth. And you're going to make a decision about me before knowing anything or seeing anything in reference of me. So I still carry those things. And actually, as we speak of it now, I have to unpack it and let it go and wear my hoop earrings to a job interview or wear my hoop earrings to a networking event and with all my freedom and glory and carry myself and let that lead with me. I am unique. I'm a fashionista. If you don't get it, that's not my problem. (laughs) Right. I love that. Own it. Own it. Yeah. I'll have to start owning it. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing. I love that because that's the whole concept of this podcast is recovering perfectionists. We are all still Mm -hmm. recovering and we still get triggered and we still, you know, just whoever's listening, like we are two girls who have learned from our mistakes in the past and we are still learning and still growing and we will always be growing. Um, and there are certain things that maybe trigger us that, you know, we have to catch ourselves in order to, mm-hmm. um, take on these new, uh, authentic versions of ourselves instead of people trying to constantly form us into their version of us. Right. Right. That's exactly true. And the weird thing is, is that you know me on a personal level and all my friends and family know me on a per- uh, personal level and they know I'm extremely authentic. Oh, I don't totally. <laughs> act in a manner that's not of me. So that's the complete opposite. If I had very close friends and family listening to this podcast right now, they would be baffled at the things that I'm saying to them because mm. that's all they know of me is to be unique and to walk in my own light and not to conform to anybody else's standards. Yeah. And it's funny that when you had to start, um, when you're getting a check from somebody else, you do have to conform to someone else's standards because they're the ones that's paying you. And that's not freedom at all. That's no, no freedom whatsoever at all. So when you start thinking of those things, then you start to change your life. That's then it. you really start to walk into your authentic life. I love that. That is so powerful. That word freedom. Uh, I'm working with another coach right now. We're creating uh, a transformative curriculum and the freedom has a lot to do with it. And I love that you mentioned that. Um, if you guys want to join the wait list, I'm going to put that link in the, in the show notes as well. Um, I heard your weight list goes fast. Oh it my goes gosh. fast. We, one, yeah, one went we are, you know, um, we're going to do a whole episode just on, on what we're doing. Um, it is called freedom mindset Academy and it is, it's going to transform. It's incredible. And so, so I love that you said that because not being your authentic self in the world is you just don't feel free. You feel trapped in whoever you are, this version of yourself that you've created, um, in order to fit in to society, in order to fit into a job title, in order to fit into a, a friend circle. Some people even do mm-hmm. it when they're around That's friends. True. And I say to them, if you're doing that around friends, those are not your real friends. Those are not your real friends and you should not be hanging around them. If yeah. you don't feel like you can let loose and let your hair down right. and not have to wear, like, I, I know I can go to Christine's house in a pair of Nike, no makeup, hair in a bun, and feel comfortable around her and her family. Like, there are no issues there. Like, there's no, no judgment. Judgment-free zone. So if you don't feel like you can kind of let loose around anybody that you consider to be a friend, I'm not talking about associates, a completely different thing, but right. someone that you consider to be a friend, you don't need them because then you're still in this circus acting as something that you're not. Yeah. You're still performing. You're still performing. And you should not be waking up in the morning and trying to figure out how you should be acting that day. And I think a lot of people, which I I don't know if you had this issue, but for me, when I, you know, after those years and years of performing, quote unquote, um, I had to figure out who Christine actually was. You know, I was like, wait, am I, I like dressing up. I like being in pretty outfits. I like, (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a mm-hmm. social butterfly, but then sometimes I'm a recluse and I just want to sit at my home and watch a TV show and I don't want to go out and I don't want to. And I'm like, so who am I really? You start to, you know, consistency, you start to do something for so long, it becomes who you are. And when I was mm-hmm. shedding those layers of myself, I had to really figure out like, who is Christine? Like as an adult, yeah. you know? It's so funny that you say that because I was just about to mention that a lot of people don't even know who they are. They don't even know thyself before they can even go and present themselves to the world because they've put on these masks of trying to fit in with certain circles or fit into society that they don't even know truly who they are. We're blessed to know who Christine is and I'm blessed to know who I am from the inside, from the core, no matter if, if back in the day I had to, you know, put on this mask, I know who I am. And yeah. I think that's the, that's the start of who having that freedom. Do you know yes. who you are? But that, took, know- but that took work for us to find that out because yes. you're right. People mm-hmm. go and they say, you know, I think a lot of people even show up to job interviews or anything. And they're like, who do I need to be to get this job? And that's right. not, that's not how you should go into it. You should say, if I am, mm-hmm. if they don't want me as my authentic mm-hmm. self, then this job yep. is not for me. For me. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's not exactly. the other way around. It's not making like, what do they say when the brides are trying to fit into their wedding dresses? The dress should fit yeah, you, it, not you mm-hmm. fitting the dress, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And again, you don't that's, want the dress wearing you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's, that's mm-hmm. changing your body image. That's, you know, changing your personality for job interview, whatever it may be. And the, that is too, um, I think that is the narrative that we need to be normalizing is don't go into something, a new experience, a new, you know, um, environment and think, who do I need to be to fit in here? If you don't fit in being your authentic self, that's not your environment. And that's a hard reality because you're like, well, I want to fit in here, but if your skill sets are enough for that job, for that environment, for that community, they will love you no matter what. And you mm-hmm, will find mm-hmm. your place there. Otherwise, it's just not your place. And that harsh reality is you need to go find another place. Um, but it will be so much more rewarding when you do because you won't have to put on this facade. Right. You don't have to put on this uh, facade and you don't have to lead yourself into desperation of whoever accepts me, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be a part of. Whoever accepts what I feel they like, I'm gonna be a part of. That's a desperate state and you wanna run away from that as far as you can because you'll never be organic, you'll never be authentic until you actually get out of that sphere. And it's hard. A lot of people don't wanna take those steps. Right. And, but there are many that do. Um, and that's why I'm happy you have this podcast out because we give you give the steps on how you can take these steps to better your life and to fulfill feel fulfilled um, versus acting as are portraying something that you're not. So absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I so appreciate, you know, uh you taking the time out of your day to to chat and to share with you know, all the incredible people listening that, uh, you know, it gets better. You have control, but you also have to just let it, you know, let it be. And, um, I think I'm, I just like having these conversations with you because sometimes we forget to look at how far we've come. And when I see who we were sitting, I always say this sitting in our, in, in your car in town square, just mm-hmm. chatting about mm-hmm. what we were, all the yep. big dreams we had. And I see where we are now with this mental clarity that we are, are working on. Um, I prefer these women to those yes. tigers. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I prefer the woman that I am today. I yeah. prefer over a million times over the woman that I was before, but it took me yeah. a minute to get here. It took me for that growth and I thank God that I'm here now. You've that had some transformation. Awesome. We both have. And that's what's so funny too, is we both go through transformation around the same time. We both go through oh, yeah. similar transitions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, We're like, you mm-hmm. too, around no we way. <laughs> we do, we do. We both go through our similar transformations and uh, yeah. I'm happy that we stick with them. Um, we don't just talk about it. We're about it. 
I love we are about it. it. Yes, we are still the Tigers. Yes. We are just Tigers who, you know, we we don't pounce at every thing that we need to. We are a little bit more in the shadows and we allow mm-hmm. our movement to speak for itself and our actions instead of constantly trying to sell ourselves to every Joe Schmo on the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that wasn't going that was to work for me. No, oh, we were, we yeah, were quickly not made life. for that life. So yeah, we were quickly saying, nope, nope, nope. I can't network anymore. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. Well, listen, thank you for being here. Do you have any like last words or anything that you want to share? Um, I feel like we touched a lot I, I on authenticity. You, yeah. I just thank you for holding this space. I thank you for what you're doing for, for people. I don't know if you realize how many people you are touching by just sharing your advice and bringing other people on to share their advice as well. Um, You know, this is definitely something that you walked in this light for so long and just to see it all kind of coming to the past, it's just such a beautiful thing. I see the glow. I hear the glow. I see just the energy that you have for people and wanting them to transform their life and wanting them to know that there's something so much more for them. It's a beautiful thing. And so I want to say thank you to you personally oh. um, for what you're doing and all the resources that you're giving out so much free resources and advice and just so much knowledge. The wisdom that you're bringing to everybody is just amazing. So thank you. And thank you for having me on. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> find yourself a hype girl like that. That can fill up your like cup. Me, everyone. Someone that can fill up your cup like that every day. I, I adore you. You know that you are, you are a very powerful force in my life and I appreciate you. And it meant the world to me to have you standing up there next to me when I was marrying the love of my life. It was only natural mm-hmm. that you were that person when you were there when we met. So thank you for everything that you've done for me as well. No problem. No problem at all. It's been a joy. Thank you so much for listening to the Recovering Perfectionist podcast. I'm Christine. And if this episode resonated with you or spoke to you in any way, please feel free to share. I absolutely love hearing from you guys and your thoughts about the topics based on your experiences. And also, if there's anything you want me to talk about, just screenshot this episode and share it on social media with your comments. Your feedback really helps me to curate episodes that best serve you. If you have time, I would greatly appreciate if you could leave a review wherever you're listening to this episode, whether on Apple or Spotify or any other platform. I'm wishing you a blessed week ahead. And remember, perfection doesn't exist. Take messy action. Healthy habits keep us balanced and you are enough.